Taylor shoots one over the bag. That's a fair ball, and the Mets will take the lead. Guillaume is in. Nimmo scores. Here comes Marte. Lindor will be helping third, and the Mets lead it 10-8 in the eighth inning. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. The Mets have just dropped a series to the San Francisco Giants at Oracle Park. They are 29-17 and 17 and lead the NL East. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jolly, a.k.a. Jack. Joining me, as always, is homeowner and father of two who has important calls today, Jerry Blevins. Jerry, how you doing, man? Good. Yeah, thank you for that amazing intro. <laughs> we were just talking about how weird it is to be an adult. Be like, yeah, I have to do like silly homeowner stuff, like, you know, talk to a contractor and I have to... There's like a gutter thing going on in my house where I'm like, I, how do I fix a gutter? I have to call, make it. I'm the one that has these responsibilities. Yeah. Yep. Jerry, I am. On, me. on a scale of one to 10, how handy are you around the house? Uh, I am. Let's see. I, I, my baseline is a zero. Okay. But I, I'm, I grew up bouncing around all the time, single mom raising two kids. So right. we were renting everywhere. So I was like, call the, you know, call the super, call the landlord. Mm. Um, but as soon as I got out on my own, you know, YouTube is the greatest thing. Right? I agree. I, I put in agree. your own, I put in my like refrigerator, my first house and like, you know, um, hooked up the water line, fix okay. the toilet and okay. I'll, I'll, ta- I'll text my older brother. And every time I do something handy, I'm like, dude, look at this. So manly. <laughs> I need to go buy some tools. Um, I but I, I don't know anything. Like I don't, it's not, I don't have that genetic, you know, predisposition of, oh, I'll just fix that. Like, yeah. oh, change an oil, change a tire. Like I had to learn it all, you know, on the fly. But luckily for me, I want to do most of that stuff. Um, but if it's like electrical, it's over. I'm going to call, I'm going to yeah. call the professionals. Let's not get too yeah. brave, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, you know, do anything too crazy. Um, but if it's something doable, I'm in. Our, uh, our producer, Audio Jack, was a hit around the office because he had his red toolbox that he brought to the warehouse when we were assembling stuff for the tournament. It's really funny. That's so manly. <laughs> Very like, manly. Oh. Yeah, I built the bleachers in the warehouse. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Is it like, was it like slightly beat up toolbox? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, rusted. Oh, uh, see, that's what I mean. Way it's more like than broken slightly. in already. You're like, yeah. this guy, this guy knows tools. It was a it was, me and a uh, Zoe from We Got Eyes called it like his hot boy moment. I think that all <laughs> I was known to have one occasionally. <laughs> if you would have had like a flannel like rolled up, that would. <laughs> I was wearing my Carhartt. Don't worry, I I'll definitely fix this part. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, let me switch the cameras. So for people, oh yeah, the YouTube channel. You we saw it this morning. Let's get a visual of oh, Hot Boy Jack. Oh, and look what he's wearing. I'm I sorry. <laughs> I didn't really give think an about it. Give an explanation to your San Francisco hat real quick. Uh, I'm a I'm a fan of all New York and former New York baseball teams. Yeah. Uh, and I guess sports teams in general. I wasn't really thinking about what hat I was wearing when I left the hat. <laughs> so the, that's the, house the thing. Today. So he has like a collection of all former New York sports teams. Right. And then he just grabbed that one because he was running late out the door. Just ironically enough, had to have been the team that that broke our hearts a little bit. Took a little a bit. From us. Um, but we are here. Yep. We love audio, Jack, and your manly red beat up tool toolbox. He's the heart and Appreciate soul of the it. pod for sure. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, man. And also, it's a nice uh, so hat. The Mets are on a day off, man. Boy, did they earn this oh, one after yeah. a West Coast trip. Much needed. Get a little bit of day of rest on the seventh day. They rested, Ooh. and they'll they'll forever be. You know, be able to to breathe this one out, Jerry and the Prophet, start, start anew. 
Yeah, it was it was a tough series. Uh, very competitive by the Mets as always. Uh, we knew going in that uh, we had won three or four from the Giants, so one win got us the season series win, which is exactly what they did in Game One. Uh, a lot of people were were a little bit worried about the lineup after uh, kind of a, a mediocre showing at Coors Field, but the Mets definitely proved people wrong. They fell behind early. In Game 1, thanks to Brandon Crawford's two-run homer off David Peterson. But they got right back to things later on with Lindor's opposite field dink fly ball, as I wrote it here. Uh, it went for a game-tying double as it fell just on the foul line. And then Alonzo caught the hanging curve on the first pitch from Alex Cobb and drove that to left center for a three-run homer to make it a five-run third inning. And the Mets never looked back after getting that lead. David Peterson looked like he did not miss a beat at all after getting demoted and reinserted back into the rotation. Six innings, two earned runs, three hits, one walk, six strikeouts, a home run on 99 pitches in his first start back against a very good team. His first start reaching six innings this season. He also had a season high in pitches and strikeouts. He lowers his season ERA to 2.16 on the year. Very, very good for him. The Mets broke things open in the eighth with home runs from Jeff McNeil, who was getting chirped at for not having enough power, and then Mark Cannon joined in on the party as well. They go back-to-back, and Patty Maz added an RBI double to blow things open. Colin Holderman, who we're getting pretty high on every single time we see him, he had two more scoreless innings in this game. Uh, some impressive relief. He has six shutout innings on the year after his Game 3 performance as well. And then the Mets teed off on position player Luis Gonzalez to make it a 13-2 game. Shreve sealed things in the ninth after allowing a run, and the Mets won this one handily 13-3 to take the season series. Loved it. That was a, a good start to the series. The heckler. That mm. was the I've never seen anyone be more wrong consistently. It was actually kind of fun theater to watch. We got to get him at every like, game. He's really helping us out. He was yelling at McNeil like, "Do some lower body, man. You ain't got no power." Then boom, yeah. Homer. He like was almost yelling at Patty immediately after. Immediately. <laughs> then he was telling Patty Maz, "You're not going anywhere." Boom. You know, base <laughs> hit. Like just, <laughs> it was perfect. It was great. Yeah. So that brings us to game two, which oh was designed to be the pitching matchup between Dark Horse Cy Young candidates, Chris Bassett and Logan Webb. Mm. Uh, didn't turn out to be so. After trading a couple of runs in the first two innings, the bottom of third comes up. Jock Peterson smacks a two-run homer to straightaway center field. Uh Chris Bassett didn't look great, wasn't hitting his spots. You know, normally he's bouncing back. But that brings us to the bottom of the fourth. And again, another Chris Bassett um, bad pitch. Tommy Listella cranks a three-run home run. It's the bottom of the fourth inning. It's already six to one. Um, top of the fourth, Francisco Lindora off to a good day. Uh, gets a sack slide to make the score six to two. In the bottom of the fifth, Jock Peterson steps up once again and hits another two-run home run off of Chris Bassett to make it eight to two. Um that would end, well, that didn't end it, but Chris Bassett ended up only four and a third, gave up eight hits, eight runs, three walks, four strikeouts, and three home runs. His ERA started the day at 2.77, ended the day at 3.91. That's tough. Steven Nogasek ends up coming up and, and pitching a couple of really good innings. Let's go to the top of the seventh. It's still six to two. Uh, Francisco Lindor hits a two-run home, or I'm sorry, it's eight to two. Francisco Lindor hits a two-run home run to make it 8-4 to four after an infield hit by Starling Marte. Let's go to the top of the eighth. McNeil singles, Eduardo Escobar singles, Mark Canna singles, all off Tyler Rogers. In steps Dom Smith. Singles home, two runs, 
Mets or eight, six giants runners on first and third uh, Guillaume, a little pinch hit fielder's choice. Canna's out at home. It's first and second. Nimmo hits an infield single, which was like the 10th infield single of the day for the Mets. Mm. Uh, the bases are loaded once again. Uh, Starling Marte hits a, a laser beam off third baseman Padlo. In comes a run. Eight to seven Giants. Bases still loaded. In comes Mets Giant himself, Ooh. Francisco Lindor. Uh, he takes uh, Tyler Rogers' pitch that was away from the left side, hits it down the, the third baseline for a three-run triple. Just a beautiful piece of hitting. Uh, the Mets take a 10-8 to lead. Um, Pete Alonso hits a missile of a sack fly to make it 11-8. Just an improbable comeback. An absolutely stellar lineup. Just doing everything right. Uh, infield singles galore. Just playing, playing hard. Um, then comes Drew Smith, our man, the man, a friend of the pod, mm. uh, gets two quick outs here. Then, uh, Mike Yastrzemski singles, Darren Ruff. Here's the bad part. The Darren Ruff two out four pitch walk yep. to bring up the guy that already has two home runs on the day, uh, Jock Peterson. And he hits his third home run of the day, a three run shot, just a heartbreaker of a home run to make it 11, 11. Um, a momentum crusher felt like just a, a bad day. You feel bad for, for Drew Smith who looked great, but the Mets never quit. Uh, Dom Smith leading the way starts the game off or starts the ninth off with an, a, a triple Dom Smith. You got that right. Hit a triple. <laughs> I love it. He's showing his speed. Uh, in cups, uh, Patty mass who gets a, a ground ball, a little tapper back to the pitcher, one out runner still on third, uh, Nimmo gets a sack fly to make it 12 to 11 Mets take the lead after Dom lead off triple. They didn't leave them stranded. Um, lovely. They take the lead. The in steps, Edwin Diaz, the trumpets are playing in all of our heads, except mm. for you. Cause you were sleeping. Right. Uh, everybody that's, that's, that <laughs> stayed up late. Feeling good about it. Uh, Jankowski's in the game. Diaz comes in. Uh, Wilmer Flores singles from the first pitch, jumped on it, happens. Then we get Tommy Listella, who had a three-run homer earlier in the game. He gets a quick double play. I think it's like four pitches into the game, five pitches in. We got two outs, nobody on. Another two-out walk. Mike Ustrimski gets a single. Darren Ruff gets a single. First and second. A little mound visit time for uh, – for Edwin Diaz, because guess who's up? Mr. Jock Peterson, the, the Mets killer of them all. Jock Peterson singles on a 1-1 pitch, a line drive up the middle, ties the game 12-12, uh, runners on first and second, Brandon Crawford up, a 1-1 pitch, he singles on a ground ball to the left field, game over. Mets lose. They fight back. They give it up. They fight back even more in a game that just they don't give up. Uh, then at the back end, our two big horses that we've been relying on, they've been trying. Drew Smith gives up a big three spot. And then Edwin Diaz, who wasn't sharp, didn't look great, uh, gives up two runs in the ninth to in the ball game. So that's game two. Do you want to dive in a little deeper yeah, we, or do you want gotta, to move on? We got to park here because we, yeah. we, we, there's so many things to unpack in this oh, game. That was a long one, by the way. That's yeah, a tough no, recap. Hey. Thank you. That was a, that was a lot. Yeah, give him that. He deserves that. He deserves that. 
<laughs> this is all my notes, and this is the, there's another page for the ninth inning itself. So. Jeez, the yellow notepad. I mean, first thing I want to say is that your record in recap games this year is eight and ten. I don't know why you're cursed yeah. with game twos. I don't know what the Mets do in game two that makes them lose the majority of the time. But I mean, we got to keep the juju. We've talked yeah, about that. Yeah, man, we, we I'm for it. it. We keep winning series, except for this one. You yeah. know, maybe we mix it up, but let's just keep it moving. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's really, this this loss stings, but I'm also really impressed uh, by the performance in this game. It's a, it, it was a no-quit game. I was obviously sound asleep uh, for this game, as you mentioned before. I fell asleep in the sixth inning when it was 8-2, to two, so apologies to Mets fans. Uh, but I went back and I uh, analyzed every inch of this game afterward, because obviously it was basically the game of the year that I missed, which was tough. Um, that seven-run rally, it's not the only seven-run inning we've had this year, which is an insane stat alone. And like you said before, so many infield singles. Uh, the Giants actually were the team that allowed the least in- infield singles in MLB heading into this series. They still have that lead in MLB, but I think we like doubled their total in the process from this game alone, which is really cool. Um, Alonzo's missile of a sack fly. Lindor had his coming out party, I think, in this game, which was awesome. Just a great performance by him. Eddie had four hits after slumping for a few weeks there. That was really nice to see. McNeil and Marte added three hits. It was a great performance, seven for 18 with runners in scoring position too. And I think a couple things got lost in translation on the pitching side because we had a couple implosions there. Uh, Steven Nagosik, two and two-thirds scoreless relief. It really looks like whatever Hefner taught Nagosik or worked with him on is working because he has five and two-thirds scoreless this year. He's looked real, real good. He looks really good. That's the thing. Not only is he rocking that mustache, but it's translating. You know, he's matured um, from a lot from when I saw him in 2019. Yeah. Uh, He looks like a more complete pitcher is confidence on the mound. Sometimes it's just experience. Sometimes it's, it's hearing stuff could be half yep. could just be his personal growth, whatever the case may be. He looks good out there. It looks like he's finally able to get lefties out too, which was and the when thing he came that in, he came him. in after Bassett and went with two and two thirds yeah. and just dominated. Kept so us in good. the game, which was really And he cool. won himself a trip back to AAA. He did a great job. I He's one of those guys that I fully believe will be back, but the, you're just in that kind of spot right now. You're the 26th yeah. man. There's just not enough room. Um, and 27th then, man. Or, yeah, 27th man, I guess, because it's 26th. Now. I get confused. Yeah. I'm an <laughs> Don't old-timer. worry, me too. <laughs> um, another thing that got uh, almost lost here was that after the Giants tied the game, uh, Joelli came in. A lot of Mets fans thought that maybe he should have faced Jock. I still think that, you know, I think Drew was fine to be in that situation. It just I agree. Didn't work let out. Drew. Let Drew. No one talks about thing. it if Drew gets the out. Yeah, essentially. Uh, Joely came in and allowed three singles in a row, and then he got yanked himself. So I don't. I'm not sure if Joely would have been any better. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Adovino came in and had a big strikeout there I after was, uh, giving up three hits in a row. Yeah, I was hard on Adovino earlier in the season. I I had a couple tweets where I, I felt uneasy with him in the game. Uh, he's looked really good this month. Mm-hmm. Ever since that Braves implosion that he had on no yeah, days after rest, that third day in a row pitching where he's it was a pretty good. rough day for him. Uh, yeah, he has been great. And that's a huge strikeout that uh, maybe just lets the game get away from us even earlier and doesn't allow that comeback. Uh, Dom's triple is probably a home run in like 29 other parks, but you're playing in triples alley, so that's just how it goes. Uh, but he looked really good in this game. A lot of he good at-bats. Not swinging at first pitches a lot in this game too, which was nice. I haven't seen him work a lot of counts this year. Um, there's a lot of things to love in this game, and you can blame it on Drew Smith. You can blame it on Edwin Diaz, but when Bassett goes out and he allows eight earned runs in four innings, it's tough to win that game. And I understand that if you're not down 8-2, to two, maybe you don't have that awe-inspiring comeback in the first place, but at the same time, it's hard to win games when you give up 12 runs, you know? It's yeah. just tough in general. Oh, right here, that, you wrote it down, and I heard it a few times. The Mets were 100 
and Mets in their history of the franchise yeah. were 180 and zero when putting up at least 12 runs in a game. Mm-hmm. And they lost for the first time in franchise history when scoring 12 runs, which will probably go on to be one of the games of the year for sure. I mean, I think so. I mean, it was absolutely an electric game. I was like laying in bed, listening to it. Like mm-hmm. I was watching it laid it, laid, put the phone down and like close my eyes. And then in that eighth inning, I'm like listening to it and it starts to get crazy. Mm-hmm. So like, I pick up the phone and I start watching the broadcast. It was like a roller coaster of emotion. Just, oh, you know, yeah. so I, I'm glad most Mets fans were already asleep because uh, that would have broken some hearts and they wouldn't have slept at all the rest of the night. Yeah, I kept saying that I wasn't sure if I was happy or sad that I missed this game. It is a good game mm-hmm. to talk about. I think I would have been very sad if I missed that comeback and also the Phillies comeback, but luckily I, I stayed in tune for that game because, you know, you never know. So I kind of want to uh, deep dive on on Drew Smith and, and yeah. yeah, and if we can get Edwin Diaz in. Do you want to just recap game three? Yeah, we'll talk about it, and then I'll, I'll jump back. We'll go through this pretty quick. Uh, okay. The Mets... Uh, went into game three, not having a, a fifth starter. Uh, some people thought it might have been Trevor Williams again after he kind of had a rough outing at Coors Field. Instead, the turn went to Thomas Zipucky, who was uh, recovering from ulnar trans- uh, transposition surgery, I believe it was called. Um, he was pretty impressive in AAA this year at a three ERA, a decent amount of strikeouts. So he got the call for this game. I'm not sure if he was tipping his pitches or just had trouble with his command, but it, it was not... Uh, it, it couldn't have gone worse for our friend Thomas Sipucky. He went one and two-thirds innings, allowed nine earned runs, four long balls, three walks. It was just an absolute nightmare of an outing. I don't know if we'll see him again this year, but uh, hopefully uh, if he pitches again, it won't be as bad as this. Uh, the Mets bullpen did a really good job in this game, which will go unnoticed because of how far down they were. Uh, Trevor Williams, who maybe should have gotten this start, uh, he went three and two-thirds innings in scoreless relief. Colin Holderman had another scoreless inning. Jason Shreve, Seth Lugo, they all combined for six and two-thirds scoreless with eight strikeouts. The Mets bats, they had scored 25 runs in the past two games, so a lot of fans were still watching, waiting for the comeback to happen again. Uh, they went quiet in this game against Jacob Junis, who looked pretty good. Uh, Lindor had another good game, though, a double and a home run in this one. Uh, McNeil made an awesome catch in left field. He gets pulled as a cautionary tail uh, with a left knee contusion. He's day-to-day, no IL stint, uh, which is good there. Uh, Dom and Guillaume combined for four walks. I like to see that from Dom because, like I mentioned before, Dom had trouble uh, swinging at the first pitch a lot, not working a ton of counts. So him getting two walks in this game was good. Uh, the Mets went 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. It's tough to win games that way. Uh, so they lose 9 to 3. They fall to 29 and 17 with their second series loss of the year. Overall, still competitive series. You win the season set against the Giants anyway. So you have season set wins against the Giants and the Cardinals, which I think is pretty huge for this Mets team going forward. Uh, a lot of good takeaways, a lot of bad ones, but they get a, a much deserved and much needed day off today, which is good. Yeah. So, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as a when you're looking at it in a big snapshot of the season, you want to win at home, mm-hmm. win every series at home, and you want to split on the road. Yep. So they went three and three on the road trip. Obviously, this is a, a heartbreaker, and they lost the series to the Giants, but they win the, the overall series. And if you just take a step back and look at it as a whole, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I want to look at, so Edwin Diaz, uh, I've been a uh, huge, we both have been uh, huge proponents for him. We've been on his cheering squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I keep repeating, I've done it on the pre and post game. I've done it here. We did it in our PPPs. Um, we are excited for him, but what he's been doing the best that he hasn't done in years past was be able to make a, an adjustment when he loses it. Yeah. So he's been 
he, he just loses it sometimes to where the ball doesn't feel like it's coming out of the right slot and he starts to baby it, his arm angle drops, his elbow drops, and he starts to like aim instead of throw and pitch. And he's been able to get like two or three pitches, even a batter that he'll walk a guy and then lock it back in. He'll be able to hammer that pitch down and away, then his slider off of that. The last couple of outings, he hasn't been able to do that. He's still kind of feeling it. You see him being um, a little bit lacking self-confidence out there in his pitch selection and his ability to throw both pitches. Because even when you don't have it, you have to still throw. When you only have two pitches, you still have to throw both pitches, even if they're not great. You have yeah. to be able to, to show the other the hitters that they, they can't just lock in on one pitch and location. Um, and he just kind of lost it a little bit and he didn't find it and it cost him that those two out walks, both him and Drew Smith, Drew Smith, I'll I'll go from Edwin Diaz. I'm not, I'm still worried about Edwin Diaz, not in a, not in a major, you know, funk of a way, but I want him to focus and not just ignore this because sometimes throughout the season as a pitcher, you'll go through a little bit of a lull and you can ignore it and push your way through and think think in that short-term memory forget about it and just move forward and try not to dwell I don't want him to just pretend like the bad thing never happened because that's part of what we do in the bullpen is like all right I'm still good what I want him to do is to be like all right I I lost it what do I need to work on and go back to like driving the ball from the right side down and you know glove side so I want him to focus a little bit especially you know having a day off for him to kind of reset when he gets to the field today or tomorrow I want him to focus and really be like all right this is what I was doing and I couldn't find it I've been able to do it all season we're in a little bit of a funk I'm going to focus on it and get back to what he was doing in spring training or whatever the case may be to lock himself back in Hefner will be on that he'll be on that so I'm not worried about him but I want him to address it yeah, um, I'm not too worried about Edwin Diaz. It's it's back-to-back appearances that haven't looked great. I still am impressed with how he rounded out in that Cardinals appearance and kept the Mets in the game that they eventually won. Um, you know, the Giants are a good team. They put together good at-bats all the time. Uh, their record may not reflect it because they were so dominant last year. They're still a very good team. Uh, the one guy I want to talk about is Drew Smith. Um, cool. Smith, uh, Mets fans were clamoring to see Smith in that setup role. Uh, they got their wish. It hasn't gone swimmingly so far. Um, I think that Smith's slider was kind of falling flat. He couldn't really rely on it during that inning. Uh, his spin was down. Uh, he wasn't really commanding it well. In that four-pitch walk, he could not command his fastball at all. It really felt like what you said before. He, he was trying to aim it a little bit, and that's why it got crushed uh, by Jock Peterson there. I still think that these are two guys that we can rely on going forward. Smith may not be the setup guy, and I think that's perfectly okay because when we saw him in the sixth and seventh inning, he was absolutely locked down. Uh, And the thing that I keep saying is that the easiest thing that the Mets can make an acquisition for is bullpen help. Uh, That's something that every team, regardless of if you're a contender or not, has in some capacity. Um, So going forward, I don't see it being a big issue, but for the time being, because obviously this won't come until July, these are guys that the Mets are going to have to rely on, and I do think that they'll come around. They've had some tough teams to face. They're going to continue to have tough teams to face in the long run. Um, But when I'm getting performances like Joel A. Rodriguez, this uncompetitive three three singles in a row, and then you have to come in and bring out of Vino again, uh, that's the kind of stuff that worries me. Uh, Smith got his first two outs. Edwin Diaz got his first two outs. 
They just had bad turns after that. Um, there, you you can pick and choose what you want to dwell on, uh, but altogether, it was just not a great pitching performance in general. For for Edwin Diaz, it's a mechanical flaw that yes. he's been able to mid at bat, mid mid um, appearance, been able to correct, and he didn't do it significantly enough. He kept falling back out of that groove. For for Drew Smith, it's been the same thing. And even when he was like started off the year just absolutely dominant, and they're like, "Hey, what's the key to success?" He's like, look, I'm aware that it's going really well for me, but he's like, there's things that I could still work on Yes, because he knew he was missing location a lot. And in larger chunks, um, falling behind walking guys, he still, his walks were up. And so he knew that there were things to be worked on. And when those catch up to you, like they have in the last couple of outings, you bad things happen. And so he's aware of it. He needs to address that fastball command and then go off of that. Yep. Because he's been throughout his whole career, he's been able to command that fastball, especially up in the zone, because he's got a good one. I'm not worried about him. Maybe he slides back into that sixth, seventh role for a while. Mm-hmm. Adamino steps into the eighth. Um, you know, Seth Lugo, who's been dominant, didn't make an appearance there. Um, and so maybe. You know, he just falls back in. And at some point, they're going to need him to pitch that eighth inning setup role again just because of the way of the world, how many games you play, he's going to be that guy. And I expect him to go out and and be dominant like he has been. Um, It's pitching, man. It's relieving. When you you do it in such small sample size, any time that you are bad, it shows up in the box score as a loss for you or um, a fail. And so, you know throw strikes he needs to throw strikes two out walks i think they killed both guys and they were both so badly timed so poorly timed to bring up jock peterson like a four pitch walk to darren ruff in front of a guy that's already got two homers on the day it's a real bad bad look and so that was the crusher yeah peterson was four for 45 entering this series and then apparently he had a conversation with barry ponds and then he came out and had a month's work of production in one game uh, the thing that I see from Drew Smith's uh, pitch mix is that anytime a uh, fastball was located for a strike, it was middle in or middle middle. Uh, anytime he tried to go high or low, he missed by a country mile. So that is mm. really the key. He just wasn't able to pinpoint his fastball. That's a thing that he can kind of work. It's a mechanical issue, like exactly what you yeah. said with Edwin Diaz. Um, so it's not uh, a foregone conclusion that these are going to be the performances we see going forward. No, these are these are hiccups in a long season. Yes. It just happens to be echoed because the Mets' offense fought tooth and nail a bunch of times in this in that epic game two comeback so that one just it just hurt a little bit more so um again not worried about those guys i'm excited for for them to be a part of this bullpen so yes again but edwin diaz if he comes out in this next outing and he looks the same very very shaky even if the results i want to see his fastball be able to spot down and away glove side and i want to see his slider be able to pitch off of that fastball yeah if he's not doing that i will be worried because he didn't address the issue at hand uh, but but i expect him to bounce back he's a pro's pro he's done it already a bunch of times this year but it's something that i will be looking at all right and it's also something that he's proven that he can get outs even if he doesn't completely have obviously stuff, you want stuff to is have so electric stuff. yes for yes sure. uh, he can still get outs even when he's not great But in order for him to be the guy that, you know, if we're in the World Series and the bases are loaded, he has to have that sharp stuff. And that's what we're looking to do this season. And so that's what the Mets are. Their Mets are basing everything off and their fans, rightfully so, 
that when the game's on the line in the playoffs and Edwin Diaz is in the ball game, how you feeling? Yeah. And if he's not sharp and can't bounce back quickly, it's going to be a, a holding your breath kind of moment, but I expect him to bounce back. Yeah. And I, I still believe that there's no, if unless he's named Josh Hader, there's no reliever you can trade for or acquire that would improve upon Edwin Diaz. I do believe yeah, there's no other guy besides Josh Hader that would slide into that. Um, that would move him out of this, out of the closers role. Yes, exactly. And even, even Josh Hader, I don't think would move him because I think Hader's clearly the number one guy, but mm. I think Hader would be, <laughs> this is a, a different, but I think he would be better served in that seventh, eighth inning role. Um, to get depending you two on who's coming up in the lineup, yeah. leaving Diaz a chance to kind of stay regular. I think Hader will be electric no matter where he goes, whereas I think Diaz might be better served in a, in a more predictable role. Yeah, and Hater's not going anywhere as long as the Brewers <laughs> no. are good. They'd be well, they did talk about trading they him. They discussed the, it, but like, come on, man. Why would they're you not. They're him? not. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of those offensive comebacks, we got to do our apple of our eye, uh, which is going to be a position player because we didn't get a ton of great pitching this uh, this time around. Uh, I'm excited for mine. I'm just going to read off their performances because it's basically you can make a starting lineup of all these great performances, essentially. Uh, Starling Marte went four for 15 with two RBI and a stolen base in this series. Lindor went five for 11, two doubles, a triple, two homers, nine RBI. Alonzo went three for 13. He got another home run and four RBI. I think he still has the major league lead in RBI, which is cool. Eddie Escobar had a huge bounce back in this series. He went seven for 14 with two doubles and two RBI. Uh, Mark Canna, four for 10, a home run, two RBI. seems like everybody got two RBI. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dom Smith, two for seven, two walks, a triple, two RBI. J.D. Davis went four for five, and then he got benched two games in a row. That's tough. Two doubles and two RBI for him as well. Uh, Who you got for your apple this week? All right. So I was bouncing back and forth. I want to give a shout out. Not the apple, but maybe a a Johnny Appleseed kind of acknowledgement. Jeff McNeil, five Mm. for nine, a double homer, two RBI, two walks, and a stolen base. More importantly, uh, in that third game, he made a sliding catch into uh, the wall. He's been playing unbelievable defense. Like his offense has been the talk of the town for good reason, but he has been absolutely phenomenal. I want to say gold glove outs above average. I'll let you check that up. I'm going to check it. He has been. Yeah, he has been so good defensively at second wow. and in the outfield. He that is... I have I can't help but think that Jeff McNeil is a superstar if this is what he continues. He is a plus two outs above average left fielder, which means he is like a plus defender at two positions this season. That's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh he is not my guy, mm. as much praise as he deserves there. Cause you gotta give it to Mr. Francisco Lindor. The Mets fans, Mets front office, Francisco's family, his himself has to be excited about how good he looked in this series. I'll repeat what you said earlier. Five for 11, two doubles, a triple, two home runs, and nine RBI. That is spectacular. He did it from both sides of the plate. He did it in a manner to where he's driving the ball. He had that huge triple uh, batting left-handed that went down the third baseline. It wasn't like... His hits early in the season left-handed that went to the left side were like he's out front and they blooped it over. He drove that ball from a submariner, a really good one in Tyler Rogers. He drove that down that left field line. He's got a really good approach. His his swing has been really well-timed. He's not getting too long. He's not trying to do too much 
He stayed within himself, and it was spectacular. So excited uh, for for Francisco because when he go, we go. Mm. Um, very good. Uh, there are two, no, three players in the National League with 200 plate appearances or more. Two of them play for the New York Mets, and one of them is named Francisco Lindor. He's also going to get my apple. There were a ton of great performances. Yeah, but like it's hard not to pick him, especially because we have Let's give him another round of applause. Yeah, he deserves it. Let's, Let's give, give him another one. round of applause. Jack had the trigger finger on the uh, he was ready. He wasn't sure. He, he wasn't he was sure. ready. He just kept talking. He didn't give me time to do it. <laughs> Sorry, Even Jack. in his Giants hat, he was ready. <laughs> he was ready. Uh, we've been waiting for this kind of performance from Lindor. Obviously, we've seen some great games from him this season, uh, but he was like the backbone of this offense and this comeback during the series. Um, I'm just going to read off some ranks among MLB shortstops because there's been a lot of talk about where he places Major among Major League Baseball them. shortstops. Major, all, 30 National teams, League, all, 30 all 30 teams. teams. Yep. This is where Lindor ranks. Nobody has scored more runs in MLB uh, for a shortstop than Francisco Lindor with 31 runs. He's second in home runs, RBI, and walk percentage at 8 home runs, 33 RBI, and a 10.2 mark. He's fourth in Fangraphs War at 1.6, and he's fifth in WRC+, Plus, which is essentially OPS+, Plus, at 126, 26% better than league average he's a top five shortstop in every major metric in mlb right now among shortstops uh it's really nice to see it's the exact production you want out of a guy like lindor uh and it's a shame that we couldn't get a series win in what is essentially his best series of the year so far uh, i'm not worried personally about lindor i never have been this entire season and i think there is something to say about a guy that goes out there every single game of the season and is in that lineup every single day because that's exactly what he's done. He's DH'd, I think, a couple games, but he's out there at the toughest position to play in the field besides maybe catcher, uh, and he's doing it at an above-average rate every day. And I'm very appreciative to have Francisco Lindor on my baseball team. Me too. That's yep. well said. Thank you. I think the other guy that you talked about that has the most at-bats is Pete Alonso. Yeah. Having him like slated in uh, the cleanup spot every single day makes Buck Showalter um, his job so much easier. Yeah. And then having Francisco Lindor, you know, lined up at shortstop because he is a plus defender and then his offensive production has been stellar as well. I think it's, we're all, we're seeing him be himself to have those guys penciled in at three, four, and then to be able to move every piece around them um, and Nemo at the top, but you got to give him more days off because of durability issues. Marte, you know, whatever the case may be, is older. You know, Escobar, Guillaume, all those guys behind him. Because of how good Lindor has been at shortstop batting third and, you know, Pete Alonso first and DH uh, batting fourth, it, it makes this lineup so good. And to have two superstars of your lineup, the two best guys that you need to rely on in there every day, Holy crap. I know there's 29 other teams that would love to have one guy do it, let alone yeah. two. Yeah, I really liked what you guys were talking about on Talking Baseball when you went on the show on Wednesday about how Pete has batted in the same spot uh, the entire season and that these are two guys that have played in more games than pretty much any tandem in MLB. Uh, we talked a lot about you know how sorely missed DeGrom is on this team and how sorely missed Scherzer is uh, in the past week or so. I do 
genuinely believe that the Mets might be in a much worse spot if, say, they had those pitchers, but maybe not Lindor and Alonso, because they've provided this lineup so much stability, and we've seen so many great comebacks and so much cohesiveness from this lineup that I do think would be lost without the three and four hitters out there every single day producing every single day. I mean, I a lot of people talk smack about RBI as a stat. I still think it's pretty important because it means you're getting hits in spots when you need them. And these are two guys that are in the top five of MLB in RBI. They're getting it done every day and getting hits in spots where you absolutely need them to make these comebacks. And I just, I, I, it won't go appreciated until the Mets are in a solidified, successful spot at the end of the season. But these two are having seasons where they're going to get MVP votes. Yeah, man, it's it's wonderful. I think you stated it. A lot of people dog RBI because it's a lot of opportunity based because yeah. you can't you can't create your own RBI opportunities like that. But they're there. Yeah. And when you have them, these guys are coming through. Even when Lindor wasn't crushing the ball, when he had an RBI opportunity, he was producing. Yes. Going the other way, hitting a sack fly, whatever he needed to do. And that's kind of been everybody in this lineup has done the little things to make sure when they have an advantaged opportunity, a runner on third, less than two outs, runners in scoring position, if they need to get them over, they'll get them over. If they need to drive them in, they'll drive them in. I think we've seen the heart and soul and identity of this team from day one. And, and it's Buck Showalter. It's the, the veteran leadership on this team, Max Scherzer, Lindor, Escobar. Um, these guys are... Uh, an awesome team and without you know the last couple of years the identity of the New York Mets has been in jeopardy for like Mm. you know the who are these who is this team who is this talented roster what type of team are they post all-star break we're trying to figure out who these guys are yeah from day one this team has played exactly like this which is incredible the the fight that they have they're never done they never give it in um, it's, you always feel like they're going to play and they play hard and, and Jeff McNeil's sliding catch into the wall after the starting pitcher, you know, gets absolutely shelled after a heartbreaker of a game in the night before to come out there to put yourself on the line. That is who these guys are. That's everything you ask for. And without Lindor in the middle and, and Alonso bat and cleanup, uh, you don't have this kind of team. I really loved everything you said there. I, I, I It was a 9-1 to one game. He could have got injured. Uh, it was inconsequential in the grand scheme of things, and he still went out there and made that catch. Uh, I, lo- I loved what you said about identity. We, we had a core uh, from 2019 that really showed some promise and kind of fizzled out toward the end, and we held true to that core for a few years, hoping that they could recapture that magic. It was tough to move on. It was tough to say goodbye to a player like Michael Conforto and move on. Um, but this new brand of Mets baseball is just, it's to die for. I love watching this team play every day. That's the main thing I said to Jimmy uh, the other day when he asked me what's different about the team this year is that it's, they're fun to watch. They have yet to frustrate me in an unbearable way like they used to all the time. Uh, so it's really cool. And the two faces of that so far have been Lindor and Alonzo, which is exactly what this front office wanted. That's exactly what they envisioned for this team going forward. Uh, so oh. that's the long winded way of saying Francisco Lindor gets the apple of our eye. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to, I want to touch base on the kind of state of the union here with their pitchers being down. Yeah. So they're missing DeGrom, Scherzer and Tyler McGill. Mm. So that those are the three big horses that they're missing. 
Um, this is going to be a rough stretch for them, uh, or it could be a rough stretch for them, especially in that rotation and even into the bullpen because of it. This is going to be a, a trying time for this this team because they need they put themselves in a in an opportunity to always be competitive, but they're not going to get those dominant performances from those three guys like they have. You know, they've been without Degrom all season, yeah, but it's still a huge loss because he's the best baseball player on the planet uh, at his job. Scherzer are going down is a big deal. They're going he's going to be gone for a while. And Tyler McGill seems to be on his way back, but I'm not sure, you know, what we're going to get and when. So I like that they started Zapucky. It's his first ever start in the big leagues. He's coming off of a, a surgery. He still had good stuff. He just had no idea what he was doing. He looked like he was in over his head a little bit. Um, probably had a lot of time to think about it. I think he's going to get another chance to start. Trevor Williams has been so valuable yeah. like to this Mets team. If you've watched these guys on a regular basis, he's pitched in so many different roles and filled so many different spots that that's kind of an invaluable thing to this, this uh, not just pitching staff as a team. He's, he's come up huge, giving your guys a chance to, to be successful. And he was just a throw in in that bias trade. He was really just kind of right. Take him too. Why not? And he's been yep. very, and so, and so he's, he's been kind of that, that swing man, um, is he going to start? Is he going to be in the bullpen? I would still love to see him stay in the bullpen because of so many things that he's been capable of doing. Uh, so I would love to see Zapucky get another shot at this rotation. He's still got good stuff. He's still another left-hander, which we, we could use mm. to face the NL East. Um, but if he's unsuccessful, you know, then you gotta, you gotta think about what you have. So I would like to give him another chance. You don't want to one start, to, to be the identity of who you are and be sold off, but we're going to need another guy. So you have Bassett who's kind of been shaky. Yeah. Uh, we're going to need him to bounce back cookie. Who's been stellar after bouncing back. And then you have uh Taiwan Walker who's been incredible. Yeah. Like incredible. His performance in Colorado is, is incredible has been amazing. So you're going to need those three guys to be the, the stable forces in this, this run without the other three starters. Um, yeah, man, should be great. I want to see Peterson bounce back and, and look really good. Uh, he's he's going to be in that rotation, and then it's the fifth guy that's kind of up for grabs. But this is going to be a trying run. We just want our offense to do what they've been doing. You don't have to perform miracles every day, but you just want to be competitive, put the ball in play, play good defense, and hopefully you win uh, more than you lose before we get our horses back. Yeah, and before we uh, tell you guys uh, what's going to happen going forward with this team, who they're playing next, we got to tell you about uh, today's sponsor for the episode, uh, which is DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, guys, you can slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. So if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the MLB season, you can do a same-game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot and an even bigger payout. The DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download their app today, use promo code JOMBOY, bet just $5, and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That's promo code JOMBOY at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Uh, the ensuing schedule that I alluded to before uh, includes an upcoming set with 
you guessed it, the Philadelphia Phillies yet again. I don't know how many times we've played this team. I think we've already played nine games against them this season. Uh, we've won each set, but we have one more with them before Memorial Day weekend finally comes around. Uh, do you want to tell me who's pitching in that series, Jerry? I'll just give a, a quick kind of schedule preview for Mets fans, especially uh, after this homestand. So they got a three-game set with the Phillies, followed by a three-game set with the Nationals on the homestand, and then they're back out to the West Coast. Yeah. And they have three or four games in L.A., followed by three games in San Diego, day off, and then three games in L.A. against the Angels. So this is going to be a super long West Coast road trip, and all of the games are going to be late as hell. There are no day games mixed in there. You have a day off mixed in between San Diego and uh, um, the Angels. But this is going to be a long one, so uh, be prepared for your schedule to be a little bit off. I know Joe. I'm not falling asleep again. I'm not going to do it. I'm not looking forward to it. But this is, you know, as a fan, when I played in Oakland, uh, you know, bless my family and all my friends that are Ohio's East Coast time. Holy crap! It is not fun. How do you do it? You know, my grandma, my my mom's mom, who you know rest in peace passed away a couple of years ago but she used to stay up so late to watch me and now that i'm like doing this and having to get up with my boys so just prepare yourselves mm. for this long road trip after this six six game homestand not a lot of sleep will be had by mets fans that's for sure so we are going to have our our a team the the best of our best facing these uh facing these philadelphia phillies the bad part about it is we are going to see old familiar foe and former friend Zach Wheeler this mm, time around, yep. which we've we've ducked him twice. Uh, but in game one, we have Cookie Carrasco and his 3.5 ERA against Zach Eflin and his 3.65 ERA. Uh, Gene Segura against Carrasco is seven for 16 with three home runs. So we're going to look to squash that. Mm. On the flip side, Starling Marte against Zach Eflin is seven for 13 with a home run. So hopefully they balance each other out. Nice. Uh, and uh, Eflin will take uh, last outing against the Mets on the on the first of this month. He went four and a third, gave up five earned runs, eight hits, one walk, three punches. And shockingly enough, Cookie has not faced this Philadelphia Phillies team. He's the, the Zach Wheeler of our rotation. <laughs> that brings us to game two. Taiwan Walker, after his amazing, can't stress it enough how good he was in Colorado. And he's got a 2.7 ERA against the aforementioned Zach Wheeler and a 3.38 ERA. Uh, Taiwan Walker will face Philly for the fourth time this year. God. He's got 11 pitch uh, innings pitch, six earned runs, 11 hits, four walks, two home runs allowed. That was the game when he got hurt in his yep. first outing of the year. Um, Zach Wheeler versus the Mets. For, oh, we we did face him once, did we? Uh, Wheeler, we faced one time. But we have. Oh, ducked, okay. We have I thought we. I forgot twice. about that. We ducked him in the other two series. That's right. He only went four and a third in that game. Gave up one run, two hits, one walk, three punch outs. Uh, he's been excellent this month. He's 26 and two thirds in the month of May with only five earned runs. That's a 1.69 ERA this month. He looks great. He looks like the Zach Wheeler we would expect. Again, I love our lineup, but especially their approach against Zach Wheeler. You know, you're going to get really nasty stuff. They're not going to try to just hit home runs, which he will carve you up if you're doing that. We can put pressure on him, and their defense is not great, especially with, uh, you know, especially with Bryce Harper. Uh, and his elbow that needs surgery, he can hit, but they have to put uh, their, you know, offensive first team out there on oh, defense. Yeah. So we can oh, we yeah. can take advantage of that. 
Game three, we're going to need a big bounce back from the probable we're putting up here because it would be his spot in the rotation, correct? Uh, it would be Peterson's spot, but I think with the day off, they're going to put this guy. In is this the spot. pure speculation from you? This is pure speculation. I got it from a Tim Healy tweet, and he's got information. So Okay, so Tim Healy, shout out, who's uh, actually a really funny, uh, Very funny Twitter follow. follow. Yeah, for sure. I like Tim Healy. Um, good beat writer. Anyway, that, uh, he says Chris Bassett. So if it's not him, make sure you tell him, uh, <laughs> on Twitter, attack Tim Healy, uh, and his 3.94, please bounce back. Chris Bassett. We need you. You're excellent. I'm a big fan going up against the Kyle Gibson resurrection team mm. and his 3.94 ERA, uh, Chris Bassett likely take the order of Peterson, which you said here, if he clears a cold and sinus issue, which I didn't even know uh, Bassett had his worst start of the season versus the giants lab. Absolutely easy to tell. He went four and a third, gave up those eight runs. Um, but Kyle Gibson versus the Mets this year, 10 and a third innings, only two earned runs, eight hits, five walks. We'll look to capitalize on those walks. We're going to skew those numbers. We're going to destroy him in game three. Mm. The Mets are going to take another series. Love that. Love your series probables as always, Jerry. A couple things I want to note. Uh, when we faced Zach Wheeler earlier in the season, he was not fully stretched out, still recovering from that injury. That's why he only went That's four and a right. third. That's why I didn't remember. Um, but, I mean, he's looked real, real good this month. He yeah. looks like the Zach Wheeler that uh, we let go and we're sad about it from, you know, we don't have to jump. talk about it, you know. We don't have to. Why not? I love Zach. I love Zach too. He's a good dude. Uh, he went seven and two thirds scoreless against the Rangers. He won a game against the Dodgers. Seven shutty against the Padres, and then nearly seven innings with two run runs allowed in ten Ks against the Braves the last time out. I'm glad you brought up the Phillies defense. They've had a ton of lowlights in this Philly Atlanta series that's still going on. It'll conclude today. Atlanta's taken two out of three. I don't know what's going on in center field with Odubo Herrera, but. It has not looked pretty. Roman Quinn had an error there, too. Yeah, Roman Quinn's been their defensive replacement, and he didn't look great. Yeah, the corner guys have honestly been the best. Castellanos (laughs) and Schwarber, they have made the least mistakes, at least what I've seen on clips. Uh, Their infield defense still looks okay. Boma hasn't made an error in a while, which is good for him. I'm happy for that kid. He's hitting well, too. Yeah, he's hitting really well. Um, But hopefully we can take advantage of their defensive woes. I'm really excited for game one because Cookie hasn't faced the Phillies yet, so there's no book on him right now for those guys. Uh, So hopefully that gives us a slight edge. We had a lot of success against Eflin, so that'll be a big game to take. Uh, I'm glad Taiwan is the guy facing Wheeler because I think he's the hottest starter we have in our rotation right now. And even if it ends up being Peterson uh, on Sunday, still feel confident with him on the mound. It really feels like he has a chip on his shoulder and has something to prove and doesn't want to lose his spot again when those guys get healthy. I feel like Peterson has a lot to prove, uh, and he had had the best start of anybody against the Giants. They have a very good lineup with six innings and two earned runs. Uh, So this is a big set against the Phillies. We ha- they haven't beaten us in a set this year. It would be nice to go 4-0, steady the momentum into a set with Washington, get a little fat before that West Coast trip. Yeah, man. Uh, Schwarber is kind of coming out of his funk a little bit. He's still hitting sub 200, but he's got an OPS of 743 and he's got 10 home runs. Bryce Harper is playing uh, MVP level offense, yep. even though he's not playing defense. He's got an OPS over 1,000 right now. Uh, Reese Hoskins has been, been pretty good too. He's got seven bombs. He's hitting 222. Uh, but Gene Segura has been kind of uh, a really bright spot at, at 32 years old. Um, just a really good underappreciated big leaguer. Yeah. Uh, OPS plus or an OPS plus of 129. Just, just incredible. Castellanos is still kind of hasn't really found his way for them. Uh, not doing terrible, uh, but just, just hasn't been the guy that they signed up for. So yeah, let's look to, to, 
towards those lineups. I would love to make sure Bryce Harper does not beat us, whatever that means in, in big spots. If you got to walk him, pitch around him, whatever the case may be, he's on another level offensively and make the other guys beat you, you yep. know? I definitely agree. Uh, we've held him to a couple solo home runs this year. No real substantial huge hits so far uh, from any of their big boppers. Uh, Gene Segura is a known Mets killer, so I'd be afraid of him in this series for sure. Uh, but I feel good about this team. I feel good about this set. Uh, and then you got the Nationals coming up right after. This is a nice spot to go four and two, get a couple games back that maybe you lost one on that West Coast road trip, and then uh, build yourself a nice little lead in the NL East. Did you just send out a tweet while I was talking? I retweeted something. You from, did. From, no, I, I didn't tweet. Ryan. You weren't, listen, you weren't listening to me at all. You? Ryan, Ryan tweeted that. That wasn't me. We have, so, we have a socials guy now. His name's Ryan. He does a good job. I think Jack lowered you. Okay, I just looked down and I got an update that Jack had retweeted something while I'm talking. Unbelievable. Jerry, I haven't listened to you the entire episode. <laughs> that was oh, we'll talk about it we'll yeah, talk about we'll it we'll discuss not jerry's he's right. gonna reprimand me let's go enjoy your day off mm. get some sleep enjoy this this six game homestand that we got coming up new york mets fans because it's gonna be a long road trip after this so yeah. enjoy the homestand go out and cheer on your your new york mets go to city field we will be there yeah on the 1st of right. June. So that's exciting. That's for the Mets-Nats game. Uh, that's right. So we'll be there if you want to come the say hi. The last game of the homestand, we'll be there. Yes. And uh, Jerry's very easy to spot. Uh, I'm also just as tall as Jerry. Um, is, so. is Audio Jack coming? Audio Jack will be joining I'll be us. There. I'll be the tallest right, of the three. Right. So if you want me to take a picture of you and Audio Jack, that can be arranged because he's the biggest celebrity here. All right. Definitely. I mean, we're gets around. <laughs> with his People with his talk. red toolbox, Ooh, we need to put out a calendar with that on the he cover. Got, he got semi recognized at Yankee Stadium a couple weeks ago. They, what does I was, that mean? I was wearing I was wearing a John Boy hoodie, and somebody goes, "Oh, John Boy, you work there?" I don't know why that was his <laughs> first thought. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'd be like, yeah, man, uh, I am John Boy. Mm. Wait, no, I'm not. Oh, also, um, go watch JM Game in Mario Kart tournament. Because uh, me and Jack don't watch it. Don't watch it. Big I stars did there. That. I tried. Yeah, yeah, I, tough. A, I tried to experiment with a game style and gameplay uh, on the fly for the first time in Didn't tournament. Very risky play. Yeah, very yeah, risky. First time I'm like, hey, I've been playing pretty well, but I think I could really push it because I'm not going to win. Hmm. And I went for the win. And yeah, it turned out to be the opposite. So you did well in the Mario Kart 64 tournament, so you can I still did. you can hold I that. I still have. So you see that that switch? I have a switch with me. Hmm. Like I, I have one and my son and I play, but um, I saw what BBD did and how his style of play was. And I was like, if I need to win, cause I was going to fit, I'm like shooting for third place sure. and I'm a winner. Sure. I'm trying to get to the top of the podium. I didn't want to settle for third. And I was like, this is how BBD plays. I'm going to try it. And I yeah. tried it and I was not ready. <laughs> You can get there, Jerry. You can get I'm there. I'm not ready for the the difference in like he went big body and mm. he went motorcycle and the the amount of the amount of grip change I wasn't ready for. So I'm I trying go, to. I'm yeah. all balance, all balance. So he was he's all grip because he goes and he gets yeah his I was not ready for it and I was embarrassed by my showing. But again, 
Go for the W. Yeah, man. Come on. Uh, guys, I'm trying to win a World Series. We'll see you Monday to talk about Mets Phils. Uh, get some sleep, like Jerry said. Stock up on your Z's because it's going to be a long hey, trip. Hey, switch up, switch up your, your sleep pattern so you're you're working second shift now as a Mets fan. Get on it now before it's too late. Thanks for listening. Take some coffee in the fourth inning. You'll be good to go. Not this coffee. Sludge. Go Mets!